Hi, Patrick here. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to today's episode. It's really great. We have a really funny guest. Before that, though, I just wanted to address um, something I say in the podcast. There is a point where I use the term gender confusion to refer to one of the characters in Signs of the Lambs. I just wanted to go ahead and acknowledge that that is not the correct term. I had just been quoting an article that uses that term and was trying to think of the term gender dysphoria, but I couldn't, so I just gendered confusion is what came to my head and I just wanted to go ahead and address the fact that obviously people who are trans are not confused about their genders. Gender confusion is not the correct term. Gender dysphoria is by definition the distress a person feels due to a mismatch between their gender identity and their sex assigned at birth. That is what I was trying to convey. I misspoke and I just wanted to go ahead and address that up top. Okay. Enjoy. Anytime anyone asks, hey, have you ever seen this very famous film? All I can say is no, I haven't seen that. Oh, I haven't seen that. Nope, haven't seen that. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. Hello, and welcome to another thrilling episode of oh i haven't seen that you were just listening to our 25 minute long theme song wow today is so exciting i again just like last week still have a huge ulcer on my lip talking is a struggle that we love to hear um oh i haven't seen that is brought to you by the fact that i realized a few months into quarantine that being proud of having never seen something a lot of other people have seen in love is not a personality trait. And also, there's just nothing else to do. Today's guest is a Philly-based actor who I met while studying theater at Ryder University before transferring far, far away. 61.4 miles, according to Google. In addition to that, she is a sometimes model, avid movie watcher, which I find intensely unrelatable. And she reports that her brain is currently fried from working all the time during a global pandemic. You hate to hear it, folks, but you love to hear my guests. So get those ears lubed up for Amy Bailey. (laughs) Hello. Am I still saying your last name correctly? No, you are. I was, I was, you know, like I thought for a second, I was like, it could be wrong, but also has never been a huge deal for me. No, because I remember at the time thinking I'm going to commit this to memory. Wow. Otherwise I will say it wrong every time. Oh, I have friends that have been saying it wrong for years, but I I don't really say anything. Or like, and under my breath, I'll be like, it's bad. But like, I don't need them to hear it. I just need yeah. to see it for myself. Yeah, just so you feel like you're defending your last name's honor. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, how are you? I'm I'm doing well. I'm so glad that you mentioned that we went to Ryder University. Censor that if you feel the need to. Honestly, I don't. It's the first college I've actually said on this podcast. The last two guests have both been classmates of mine from Shmary Mount, Shmanmatten Mollage, which I refuse to say the name of. I don't, I don't like personally have any um, affiliation with the writer in my brain anymore. I know I went there for a year. Neither and, do I. Yeah. So I don't feel weird about saying its name. If you want me to censor it, I will censor the absolute fuck out of it. Nah. nah. I'll, treat it, I'll treat it like a curse word. Call them out. One time leaving Marymount after like the first week of classes, me and a friend were walking back to the dorms 
and I think it was a new friend because I was explaining how I'd like transferred and had gone to Ryder. And all of a sudden a girl in front of us swips around and went, did you just say Ryder University? I went to Ryder University. I was a Sigma, I was a Sigma Phi Mega or whatever. And I paused and just went, girl, I transferred from there. I hated it. <laughs> and she went, oh. And then just went and went somewhere else in Midtown. I couldn't tell you where. But why is she there? But why are you there, girl? I was like, why? Don't just join in this conversation. Who the fuck do you think you the are? The audacity of sorority sisters. Oh, that's not acceptable. Like, that's not acceptable anywhere, especially not in New York, <laughs> to just join in a conversation. No. No, just look down and pretend you can't hear anything like everyone else. Yeah, absolutely not. Okay, so before we get into today's film, which I feel very, very conflicted about. It's it's a rough. It hasn't aged well. No, not at all. But what's... Uh, I'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> what I want to know, what I'm asking everyone, is do you consider yourself a TV or movie person? Now, you don't have to pick. My first guest famously said he was bisexual when it came to films and television. I consider myself very homosexual for TV, but I will experiment with films for the stories. Yeah, so um, I think I would consider myself more of a TV person, but I did minor in um, film in college. So I guess that makes me- uh, Yeah, I guess that makes me like one of those people who just experimented in college. (laughs) (laughs) But I still love film. I do. Let me tell you all about the uh, that good cinematography. <laughs> That's still my favorite joke ever. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, I'm I'll not. Tell you about that that liminal space that they use in films. Um, the mise en scène, the Kuleshov effect. Let's go. You are speaking <laughs> a foreign language. We. I feel like I'm on. Oh fuck! I that would have been such a good joke. What is that app? Duolingo. Duo, Duolingo. <laughs> I feel like that dumb owl is saying, we'll stop sending you these notifications. They don't seem to be working. It's like fully, this is a, <laughs> this is a letter opener. <laughs> I was going to say, this is not a visual medium, but Amy is holding what looks like on Zoom a very large knife. It's a letter opener, but I really wish everyone could. This is the clip to use for the Instagram. Just <laughs> me pulling a knife out on you. It's not, even, <laughs> it's not even the best clip. It's just the clip people need so that they understand what's happening. Fully. Yeah, I don't know what it is about movies that I've always felt very disconnected from. I think I just, I feel like with movies for me, it takes so, I don't care so much about story as I do characters, I think. So with movies, I feel like it takes about an hour for me to really start caring about the characters. And by the time you're an hour in, you've got maybe 30 to 60 minutes left. And also scenes are so short in movies. Yeah. Like in film, I mean, in TV, you can have a 20 minute film that's just them in the kitchen talking about their plans for the next day. And I find that thrilling. Yeah, no, that that is very fair. And um, especially with like, with films, you're like, I don't actually care about people. That's the problem. I don't care about people. So in order, I don't want to spend the time <laughs> to get to know these characters. I should not say this. No, as it's an, fine. As an actor, hire me. 
I care about people. Um, As an actor, I care about people. As a viewer, fuck them. Yes, uh, totally agree. Very relatable, 100%. I just, especially when a movie, because you don't spend very much time with the characters, if bad acting in a TV show, you can kind of get around because you spend so much time, stay with me on this. You spend so much time with them that you can kind of just assign them your own like character traits and such. But in a movie, if the acting's bad, it's already hard to get yourself to care about that character. But if the the acting's bad, you're just like, no, fuck this person. Fully. And then with film actors, because they're like considered miles and miles above um, TV actors and they're like these personas, I'm like, I don't like Scarlett Johansson. It's yeah. hard for me to watch this. If Scarlett Johansson did a sitcom, I would be such a big fan. But because she only does films, no. And because she uh, is, is really questionable. Um, <laughs> let me let me put this out here for uh, for the listeners. I don't like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> it's fine. On the first episode, I declared that I hate Ellen. So <laughs> it's fine. It's fair. Ellen, Ellen, or Ellen Page. Oh no, Ellen Page is great. I'm very excited for the second season of the Umbrella Academy, which I actually think I haven't is out seen today. It. It's really it good. It is out. I did it, yeah. it is out, I believe. It's really good. It shockingly good. Cause you would think a superhero because Netflix did all those Marvel shows about Luke Cage and the other ones. Jessica, Jessica Jones. I was about to say Jessica Rabbit. Thank you. Yeah, I um, wish it was Jessica Rabbit. I, I would, would watch that. Do you remember when Heidi something did she throws those halloween parties yes heidi klum yes jessica rabbit Rabbit. Mm. full like eye taking up half of her head with a prosthetics that was some good shit she's also very problematic but yeah nothing tastes as good as skinny feels shut up have some pizza and then i believe i don't know if julianne huff was going to one of her parties but i remember remember when she was uh yeah, when she was uh, Suzanne from Orange is the New Black in full blackface. Oh my gosh, Julianne Huff. She's great in Rock of Ages. Now. <laughs> I hate to say it, that movie's bad. Also Footloose. I haven't seen Footloose. Me either. I've never seen either. All I know is I had an audition for Rock of Ages, so I did the stupid thing where I watched the movie instead of just creating my own character because I was didn't want to be in Rock of Ages anyway. So I was like, I'm not doing the work. I'm sorry. I'm a bad... Amy said to hire her, don't hire me. I'm a bad actor. Like, I'm so sorry. But she hits this note in any way you want it where it's fully, it can't be her. There's no way. But it's good. Good for her. I'm so glad there's a market for for thin, conventionally attractive white women to be in um, jukebox musicals. Yeah, and for them to sing louder in a song with Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige is in that? Yeah, she plays the, whatever Julianne Hopps' character is, she becomes a pole dancer at some point because she gets fired from the Rock of Ages bar. I don't know what the bar is called. And Mary J. Blige is the owner, runs this um, strip club and is like, Julianne? This job is hard. <laughs> and Julianne's like, I can do it, Mary J. Blige. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and it's not bad. 
burlesque. It's just burlesque. It's just burlesque <laughs> with too many songs. I rewatched Burlesque recently. A great film. What a what a film that is. I always forget that Stanley Tucci is in there, right? That's Stanley I forget Tucci, right? Every, yes, I forget every single person who's in it is in it. <laughs> um, Kristen Bell's in it. Julianne Hough is in it. Alan Cummings in it. Yes, Diana so. Agron's in it. Wait, Diana, my queen. She plays, love her. She plays Cameron Gidget. Is that the guy's name, the actor? I think, I don't know. He don't plays know. her. That's a name. She, she plays his girlfriend that comes in and finds him in bed with Christina Aguilera's. I remember that. Yeah, and she's like, what are you doing? Is this some slut? She must have done it like in between seasons or something. Oh my God. Because this was all during Glee. I wonder if they wanted to write her a bigger role and Ryan Murphy was like, absolutely not. Ryan Murphy said, I don't like her. Uh, Quinn could have done so much. We're so far off topic. I know. But I feel like, okay, this is also, I think Glee's come up in every episode of the podcast so far. Honestly, bring me back. I want to talk about an episode of Glee. (laughs) I... Have never seen the 3D concert film. I have it written down as one of the films I want to do. I avoided it. I saw it. it live. I saw it live, so I've seen it. You saw the concert, or you went and yeah. saw the movie? I you saw, saw the Glee concert. I saw the concert. Oh, uh, were they lip syncing for their lives? I cannot remember, but I was 13 and I was really awkward looking, and uh, I was really living. I'm so jealous. I would pay good money to see. Um, what's her name? Heather Morris do "Slave for You" live. Also, is that song still kosher? I was thinking about that the other day. I don't know about that. Especially when people just like throw around the word. They're like, like I've been listening. We, we talked about this, how I've been listening to uh, Showman's. And they they just did the Britney episode. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, when, when Heather's doing Slave. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, like, please just call it like, just call it for, for you. you. And then you, and then if you just call it for you, you can go for you. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Ooh, I had to burp before I did the ooh. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Also, R.I.P. Naya. A true I tragedy. I would be lying if I said that I don't have, um, if I die young on a playlist and I cry and sing along to it every time it comes on in my car. I listen, good for you. I listened to it once after the news broke and I forgot the lyrical content of the song, and I was like, no. And then I turned it off, and I listened to, like, Songbird and Valerie and Don't Rain on My Parade, the superior version, and just, I couldn't do it. She was such a talent. And it's tragic, because it's tragic that people weren't, like, weren't acknowledging her for her talent until after the fact. And I'm like, you didn't, I'm like, you didn't give her the props when she was doing these, like, minute like two minute long monologues at like breakneck speed yeah just like coming for Finn (laughs) and I just I just find it so upsetting that Naya never got the recognition I feel like she very much warranted on that show yeah and also if we're like out of like the the performances from the white actors I'm like you're really gonna they did the worst to Quinn in that show poor Quinn that the, that character arc was like honestly should have deserved an award. Like I get Truly. Jane Lynch, I get Chris Colfer for the time. Of course, now we're like, yeah, whatever. 
Yeah, like, especially after season, like halfway through season three, Chris, I mean, Kurt gets very just annoying. Just, yeah. <laughs> he just becomes another white gay that's like, everything is so hard for me being white and also gay. Yeah, I was, um, when I was, I've been rewatching it and uh, I live with okay. my boyfriend and he was like, it was like, I don't like Kurt as a character. I feel like Kurt should get bullied. And it was right before Karofsky was about to come up. And I was like, oh, just wait. And he was like, no, I didn't mean like, I didn't mean for that. I meant for his personality flaws. <laughs> no, because he's gay. Karofsky deserved better too. That actor, what's his name? Max Adler? Yes. Guest. He should have gotten a guest appearance nominee or something. That On My Way episode where he, first of all, should have never happened. Glee was not prepared to tackle emotional situations like that, but deserved accolades for that. Yeah, and we're not, I'm not even gonna because I know we're soft topic. I'm not even gonna get into the um, the the Coach Beast storyline in season three or season six because I find them six. both problematic. I mean, yeah. they're they're both quite wild, but um, six got very strange. But also, what a great segue. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. So today, we're finally here after a rundown of the hit Fox television show, Glee. If you haven't watched it, it is on Netflix under gay TV. Today, we were talking about Silence of the Lambs. Um, before we get into some facts about it, Amy, I just want to know, why did you pick this? You picked this film, right? You mentioned yes. it, and I was like, it's on my list. Yes. Um, okay, so why was this a film you wanted to discuss? I find that this film has aged very poorly. And I just, I just find films that age really poorly so interesting. Like, not only in, like, the content, but also some of the performances and just, like, some of the... Not Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster's perfect. I love oh, she's her. amazing. She do no wrong. Um, honestly, I feel like the reason why I wanted to talk about this was so that way I could just, uh, recite lines as Jodie Foster. Yesterday when I was watching it, I was just repeating every line she and Anthony Hopkins would say in their scenes. They both have such distinct voices in this film. She's like, now Hannibal Lecter. And he's like, now Clarice. Yeah. She's like, Dr. Lecter, um, I really need you to tell me who is who is John John Gum? Just tell me, please. That's so good. <laughs> she has major Elastigirl vibes in this film. Oh yeah, it's that it's that um it's that slightly too long bob. Yeah, blown out. It's like mom length. I thought she. Elastigirl. I thought she was the voice of Elastigirl for the first like thirty minutes, and then my roommate was like, "No, it's Helen Hunt or someone." Who is very similar, honestly. Yeah, I think it's Helen Hunt. You know, it doesn't matter. That's not the film we're discussing. Okay. I think it is Jodie Foster, but <laughs> yes, no, I'll, that's all I do is repeat Jodie Foster's lines. Um, and also just uh, out loud clock when her one black friend comes on screen, just to say like a singular encouraging line. That character. At one point she says her name and I looked at my roommate and said, they didn't need to give her a name. They didn't why, need to give her Why even bother? That's just another name I have to try and remember now. I'm sorry, but no, <laughs> take it back. Also, her name is something random. It's like Adelaide or something. Not Adelaide. I don't think it's Adelaide, but it is something very like, of all, you couldn't pick like Sarah or 
a name, any name. Instead, they picked, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to make her name her personality. Can you imagine that actress who played her? She got the sides and she was like, okay. (laughs) She probably named her. I bet that actress was like, I need to name her because all my lines are, hey, Clarice, uh, Dr. Chilton wants to speak to you. Clarice, is this Hannibal Lecter's handwriting? Who the, it says ta, Clarice, ta, Clarice, of course it is. So not only is she useless, she's also stupid. She's an FBI agent in training. Truly. Also, let's talk about that, um, that opening scene um, where it's just, it's Jodie Foster, like, doing her, like, training, her physical training, and she's wearing sensible pearl earrings, uh, a light beat, and um, she's wearing one of those, like, clips that, like, you're supposed to be able to put your hair back in a ponytail with, but on any normal person, like, your hair just falls right down because a clip is not heavy enough to hold up your hair in a ponytail. I wrote down, um, boo at movies that start with exercise. (laughs) I was immediately turned off. I was, I don't do exercise. Jodie Foster was also actually doing her own exercise, her own stunts. So props to her when she does the thing on the ropes where she like flips down. First of all, her hair, yeah, her hair absolutely would have fallen. There had to have been thousands of on thousands of bobby pins in that mess like or just 87 million takes the hair person during that time is just off camera like <laughs> like having a panic attack or they're in a green screen like holding her hair behind them <laughs> someone it's like fully um the in my head busy video <laughs> there's like oh. someone who's just the, <laughs> someone's, yeah someone's just in a full green suit with jodie foster's hair on like <laughs> That video is wild. It is wild. Okay. Let's get into some facts about Silence of the Lambs. It was released February 14th, Valentine's Day, 1991. Um, directed by Jonathan Demme. D-E-M-M-E. It was We're like Dems? Dem? Demez? Deme, whatever. He also directed Philadelphia, which apparently is a big movie, important movie. Haven't seen that. Yeah, I had never heard of it before. It's produced by Kenneth Utt, Edward Saxon, Ron Bosman, who also produced Philadelphia. Interestingly, all men. Screenplay by Ted Talley, man, based on the novel by Thomas Harris, man. Man. Starring Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins, Scott Glenn, and Ted Levine. It is the third and so far last film to win... Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay at the Academy Awards. It is very controversial, even for the time, at its portrayal of the LGBT communities, more specifically the transgender community. In response to the critiques, director Demi, Demay, Demi, replied that Buffalo Bill, quote, wasn't a gay character. He was tor- he was a tormented man who hated himself and wished he was a woman because that would have made him as far away from himself as he possibly could. He later added that he came to realize that there is a tremendous absence of positive gay characters in movies. Punch me in the face. And interestingly enough, the direct definition of transgender is denoting or relating to a person whose sense of personal identity and gender does not correspond with their birth sex, which is almost exactly what the director said, but he claimed that those things made him not 
a gay character or a trans character. Um, a lot of the criticism during the time was not a lot of it, but some of it was drawn towards Foster, Jodie Foster, who critics alleged herself was a lesbian, which we now know to be accurate and we love. Oh yeah, Jack, girl. Jack Halberstam, author of Skin Shows, Gothic Horror and Technology of Monsters, wrote that the cause for Buffalo Bill's extreme violence against women lies not in his gender confusion or his sexual orientation, but in his humanist presumption that his sex and his gender and his orientation must all match up to a mythic norm of white heterosexual masculinity, which I think is an okay take. The idea yeah. that he like so desperately wants to be considered normal that it's not his sexuality and his gender confusion aren't what's making him commit these crimes. It's just society, which I think is a generous take. I think it's trying to make the movie less problematic. Yeah, and it definitely is. And obviously there weren't a whole lot of um, experts on you know dysphoria and uh, gender studies at the time talking about this, or at least, you know, that, that we're going to talk about here because the Wikipedia does not have that. No. And I, tr- so. I tried to find like legitimate, um, articles. I don't know what I mean by legitimate, like, like, e- like on EDUs or something about yeah. this. A noodle bib. <laughs> yeah. And there was nothing. This was from, a I think just a dot com dedicated to, horror and films. I don't think it was actually a website dedicated to like trans representation in media. I tried to find it on websites like that. It probably does exist. I just couldn't find it. Yeah, but it wasn't like readily available. Uh, in I took a semester long class on horror films and like gender is a huge, huge thing. And not because it's like horror is a lot, plays a lot on the fear of male castration. Um, sure. So if you ever see horror films where like someone's like genitals are like cut off, like it's playing on that fear. And like, um, if you, if you're familiar with the movie Alien, you know, like the chest bursting. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a scene where this guy has an alien, like an alien burst out of his chest. And that's like an allegory for like fear of male rape. Because like that's a that's like a huge thing in horror is just like the unknown. Yeah. Um, and horror is something that's definitely very uh, very reflective of what people's like thoughts and opinions are as a society on the time. So like, I get it. Doesn't mean it's aged well. And Jodie Foster also has that really, really, really problematic line. Um, transsexuals are very passive that's not possible oh yeah i was remember like, that stonewall begs to differ love <laughs> but also are very passive like and i get it was maybe trying to like defend themselves from the fact that they were portraying a transgender character as i would say the epitome of violence yeah but I don't know. It was based just, off some of the worst serial killers. Yeah, Buffalo Bill is. I was like, he, yeah, he has like yeah. a Wikipedia page like dedicated to just the character, and he's based on like, <clears throat> excuse me, so like many. six different serial killers, which I mm, also find very a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, there um, was a way to make this film without him being transgender. I was like, 
He could just be a monster. Yeah. He could just be a person who likes, hey, why can't he just be a person who just likes to cut people up? What about that? What what about that? That's what Ed Gein was. Come on. Like he just likes to throw people in a pit, have his dog bark at him a little bit, and then design clothes and eat them. Cut them up. I don't know. skin. Yeah. Did you read the list of some of the um the Ed uh, some of the Ed Gein's items that they found? No. It was one of the oh <laughs> okay. Um so if if anyone listening does not know about uh Ed Gein, a very, very prolific serial killer, um he's also known as the butcher of Plainfield or the Plainfield ghoul, and he really was a butcher so here's some of the things that okay, uh, art imitating life yeah here are some of the things that the police found while searching his house uh, a waste basket made of human skin relatable human skin covering several chair seats <clears throat> skulls on his bed posts female skulls some with the tops sewn off bowls made from human skulls a corset made from a female torso, skin from shoulders to waist, leggings made from human leg skin. Uh, one of my favorite ones, um, nine vulva in a shoebox, and also a human nipple belt, a pair of lips on a window shade drawstring, and a lampshade made from the skin of a human face. So okay, that that's. Was, I don't know why you needed six people to base Buffalo Bill off of, but I think that. Ed Gein would have been fine. Yeah, that's just as, if not more scary than one transgender, possibly gay person killing women to make a woman's suit. It just, it also feels like it's grossly playing into, because this is when HIV AIDS, the AIDS crisis was like really kind of becoming a more mainstream conversation. And it just feels like it's playing into that weird, like heterosexual fear of that entire community and it just it did not sit well with me yeah also Jodie Foster's character is the epitome of someone that went to UVA (laughs) explain just like that (laughs) I have friends that went to UVA just like that type of white feminist like Tina Fey went to UVA Tina Fey went to UVA yeah She loves UVA. That's why there's a very problematic SNL cameo from her when the Charlottesville riots happened and the young woman was killed by an anti-protester and Tina Fey went on SNL and made some very white feminist comments. Samatina Elizabeth Fey. Come on. Did you see that recent thing? She was like, oh, we're going to take off the the 30 Rock episodes where they did blackface. And I'm like, now that show's been off the air for like 10 years. Yeah. Also, should have never done it. Also, no one, that's not what, no one asked for that. Donate your money. You already, you did it. You can't erase the fact that you did it. You might as well just keep them up and put disclaimers on them. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, also, I thought this movie was called Lord of the Flies. I thought this was Lord of the Flies. I didn't realize what this movie was until I saw the poster. And I was like, oh, this <laughs> oh, is something that one. different. They made a musical out of it. Remember? Of this? Oh, yes. yeah. Parody it's musical. Called Silence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, 
saw something, I thought this was Lord of the Flies, and then I saw something on Twitter that was talking about the transphobia of it all, and I was taken aback and like, oh, no, this is something very different. Ain't no flies in this. No children, thank God. No, thank the Lord. (laughs) The one thing they got right was to not have Hannibal Lecter eat a child. Also, he's not in the film as much as he should be. No, and also... To be honest, watching this back in 2020 and thinking about like how there's a lot of this like buildup about meeting Hannibal Lecter. They're like, here's all the things he's done. You see all of the victims. You see like this whole like, like Charlie Day, like FBI, very, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a terrifying, like bored of all the things that he's done. But then you meet him and you're like, that's just Anthony Hopkins. Just... And he just kind of talks weird. I'm like, he makes me uncomfortable, but honestly, that's just the experience of most women. <laughs> I'm like, he's... that's just being a woman. He's not even in the entire third act. The scene where he escapes from his cell that is nicer than my apartment is so good. The entire thing is so well shot. It's so, I mean, it is an argument for abolish the police just because how do you not see that a man has someone else's face on his face? Like, you're so, so done. And also the EMTs don't see it either. I, like, you're bad at your jobs. I'm here to say it. But that entire, like, 20 minutes is great. And then you don't see him again for the rest of the film until the very end where he's like, hello, Clarice, congratulations on graduating. He's like, I'm meeting a friend for dinner, which is the best line ever. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, he's great in that film. I understand why him and Jodie Foster both won Oscars. Oh, At yeah. first, I looked up to see who else was nominated that year. And it's like Laura Dern for something Rose, Raising no. Roses. I don't know. No. And Laura Dern for- really has aged well into her career. Like stuff when she's younger like I've seen some of her like work when she was like ingenue age you know whatever that means yeah but it's really now that she's doing the greatest work yeah like she's good in Jurassic Park but she's (laughs) great in the shit she's doing now her in Marriage Story that character could have been nothing that character's in a different film (laughs) that (laughs) that character is in a Ryan Murphy film when she's ordering that salad and like takes off her top (laughs) Oh gosh, but I, it's her, it's Susan Sarandon and who else, What who, I don't remember her name, but she's also in Thelma and Louise. Oh, Gina Davis. Yeah, and, and, and then it's someone else. And at first I was like, how did Jodie Foster win this? But then when I really thought about it and read a few critics reviews, it her performance is so beautifully nuanced. If it had been anyone else, I think that character would have come across as very anti-feminist but she does these little things that really make it a like three-dimensional fully rounded character I think yeah the the inconsistencies in what her character believes is like very human and I think that is also um attributed to the um to the writing thanks thanks dude (laughs) <laughs> to this man who adapted the screenplay from this book written by a man thank you uh you love to see it like when she's just getting casually like she's in the office with what is it dr chilton when she's about to meet um yeah uh hannibal lecter for the first time he's like i could show you around she's like 
no, no, I, I think I'm okay. I think it's best if I go alone. I was like, well, you look real beautiful. She's like, well, thank you. <laughs> and then even her first conversation with uh, Hannibal Lecter, he's like, do you think that your professor wants to fuck you? And she's like, I don't know about that, but I'm actually here to talk about, um, I'm actually here to get some information on Buffalo Bill, <laughs> which is like, most of the conversations I have at work. Oh my God. When she, when Hannibal Lecter is like, what did he say to you? And she says, he, he says he could smell my, mm-hmm. and he goes, well, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I was like, class, that, first of all, that's, that has aged very well. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> That's one of the things in that film has, that has aged quite well. And I wrote down, I took notes during that part. I said, that's just a conversation with someone who comes into my job. Yeah. Because and- I work right in Center City, Philadelphia. Oh, no. <laughs> so this is just, that's very regular for myself. And then he reads her for filth about her perfume and stuff. And he's like, sometimes you wear Chanel number two, but not today. <laughs> Not today. I was like, ooh, she didn't want to smell delicious to him, and he caught oh, on to that. Gosh. Ooh. Also, Dr. Chilton sounds very close to Clinton. I think there's something there. <laughs> I think Clinton wasn't president yet, but he would have been running when they were filming. And I think I don't have the brain capacity to dig into that, but I encourage the viewers to come up with conspiracy theories and send them to me. I want to know what Monica Lewinsky would have to say about this because she is a riot on Twitter. She's insane. What was that tweet the other day where she... There was like, someone was like, what advice would you like, would you give your your younger self at the beginning of your career? And she said, she said something, but I was just like, oh my God. She's funny. (laughs) I really like her. Anyway. <laughs> actually, this is the Monica Lewinsky podcast. Actually, I'm pretty sure there is a Monica Lewinsky podcast. Oh my God. Where they just talk about what she's up to. I love how there's a podcast about everything. There really is. That's great. But um, yes, the uh, the very, very casual uh, harassment and sexism that Clarice has to deal with throughout the entire film. Yeah. I really like the scene. This is in the writing, but I like the scene where... Dr. I don't know. It feels like he's 25 different names. Doc, not doctor. He's her like superior. He's the yeah. one who hires her or like gets her out of training early, which. Yeah. Okay. Major skipping a grade vibes, but I don't think that's kosher, but. Yeah. As someone who has gotten a degree, I'm like, this can't be but knows nothing about the FBI or law enforcement or anything about that. I was like, this can't be right. You can't just do this. And I was like, you're really sending this trainee, this, this trainee to hunt down this serial killer. Also, we have no proof that she's qualified to do that. All we've seen is that she, she run in. And she can keep her ponytail up still. Honestly. You know what? Actually put it on the resume. (laughs) She, there's the scene where he says, it really bothered you that I said we couldn't talk about this in front of a woman, didn't you? And she goes, sir, it matters because when you speak, the police officers look to you to see how to treat other people. And 
that's great writing. I don't know if that, I like to think that wasn't in the script and Jodie Foster, was, I like to think Jodie Foster's original line was, yes, sir, it did bother me, but that's okay. And that Jodie Foster went, no. Jodie when, Foster said, actually, this bothers me very much. I would like to change the line. Thank you. Um, do I have your permission, male director? <laughs> <laughs> Jodie Foster didn't call anyone by their name. She just said, male co-star. <laughs> To Sir Anthony Hawkins. <laughs> but now she's a director, so. Is she really? I, I yes. realize this is my first Jodie Foster film. <gasps> yeah, she directed um, the Black Mirror episode. Um, I don't know how much of Black Mirror you've seen. All of it. Uh, it's the one where the, the mom implants like that, the chip into her daughter. She directed that. Archangel. Oh. She directed that. Yeah. Good for her. I like yeah. that episode. Wild. She... Wild Jodie Foster could be Emma Stone's mom. Yeah. I would yeah, buy a movie where Jodie Foster plays Emma Stone's mother. You know, I would watch that. And I do have, I do not watch anything that Emma Stone's in, but I would watch that. Yeah. So because of the mm-hmm. aloha of it all. Yeah. And also just Emma Stone. Um, What was I going to say? This movie feels like a very long episode of Law and Order. <laughs> And yes. it's shot like a very long episode of Law & Order. I agree. Um, do you know the episode of SVU where it's Robin Williams? No. Oh my God, watch that. There's an episode of SVU and it's Robin Williams as the antagonist. It's very much that. Damn. Oh huh. yeah, there's some, there's some really, some of the most disturbing SVU episodes are like, from like comedy legends there's a carol burnett episode and Uh, i've never been more disturbed by an svu episode than when carol burnett was the antagonist and in that i was like she played a bad person yes and it was so good it was so good so good love you carol burnett you're not listening to this but i love actually she's a really big fan her and lucy arnaz listen to this all the time together they hang out them and Shirley MacLaine. They're my sponsors <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> cut to. Um, cut, to <laughs> cut to Carol Burnett just being like, ring, ring, ring with the trolley. To, when was she in Meet Me in St. Louis? She wasn't, but she did it on Glee <laughs> with Jane Lynch. Remember when she, she sang Ohio? Oh, God. Yes, and it was wonderful, except for Jane yes. Lynch takes the high part. This is not a Glee podcast, but we got to talk about the way they assigned harmonies on Glee at some point. Remember when um, they have Dot Marie Jones sing Jolene, but it's about Sue? Oh, it's one of the funniest moments. She's like, with flaming locks of golden hair, and it just goes by and Sue. And them rolled green, and it's just like Sue's very feathered um, mom haircut, you know. Uh, it we need to stop talking about Glee. <laughs> I will never stop talking about Glee until they revive it and I'm on it. Then I will stop talking about it because it will be in my contract to stop talking about the original series and only talk about the revival. Me, if I was in um, Degrassi next class. Another dream. Speaking of contracts, if I came onto set one day and they said, okay, today you're going to be playing with a bug and you're going to let it crawl on your face and get very close to your nose. That's the day I would have breached my contract and said, you know what? It's not worth it. Anthony Hopkins is going to win the, I almost said the Tony. (laughs) Anthony Hopkins is going to win the Oscar. I'm probably not even going to get nominated. I'm good. Also, this character sucks. Gotta go. Yeah, I'd be like, 
This ain't it. So what was the point of the bug, like, subplot? Also, the, um, like, I really, for some reason, in a lot of, like, crime, in crime genre TV shows and films, there's always that one really, really creepy, very, very specific, like, analyst, like, for example, is the bug dude. Oh, yeah. Very uncomfortable. Like, in, um, in Dexter... The, it's the uh, the one Asian dude. I forget what he does. He's yeah. not the blood guy. That's Dexter. But like, I haven't seen Dexter. <laughs> oh my god! But like in every crime show, there's one dude who's uncomfortable, and he makes yeah. all the female characters incredibly uncomfortable, and they just have to laugh it off because, you know, <laughs> works. That's how workspaces be. You know, uh, I did. Jodie Foster has a really good moment in that scene with them, where she is what does she say she says are you asking me out doctor (laughs) but she says it in a flirty way but the look on her face is like i will end your life right here and right now sir i don't know if you know this but i was pulled out of the fbi training program early to be here she's like i don't know if you knew this (laughs) but i has brought this knife in. I'm holding the knife again for everyone. I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but I have brought this here knife with me. Even though I have gone through several, several uh, metal detectors and I've been patted down perhaps inappropriately by several guards. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, the scene where Hannibal, that's his name, escapes. I loved for many reasons. One, because I like it when a movie is gory without actually showing the gore. Does that make sense? When he like rips the tongue out, yeah. they don't actually don't show see. it. You just see after. I like that. I, it's You still feel gross and scary, but without actually seeing it. I don't understand why movies made specifically post-2005, I want to say, feel the need to actually show like a needle going through someone's eye. Like if you have if you have it happen with the character turned around and then they turn around and they have a needle in their eye, shockingly enough, I can put two and two together. <laughs> I think it's just because so many like we're so desensitized now. Like I I had a thought when I was rewatching this and I was like, you know, Silence of the Lambs is uh was um Tiger King at the time because listen, you have you have uh the misgendering of trans people yeah um you have uh the sexism in that everyone is loves really really loves to say that bitch carol baskin and i don't think it's just for the joke i think we just hate women yeah even though she's nuts i'm not defending her she's wild no they're all bad people (laughs) she's definitely bad but like people are so like you know clutching their pearls over this at the time but like now i'm like yeah, what about it? And speaking of films that like show gore, you would not enjoy any of Ari Aster's films. Midsommar. Hereditary. Oh, I saw Midsommar. You would not enjoy any of those. Oh, so you saw you saw the face mission. I saw everything like but the last 20 minutes because I got very tired and went to bed. That's fair. Honestly, I don't think no, the the last twenty minutes are kind of like a trip, but so you saw the face smashing, yes, which was wild, and that image. Um, every time I shut my eyes, 
Oh gosh. I couldn't sleep last night because I kept seeing Hannibal Lecter's face. Really? Yeah. With the blood on it? No, with, there's something about the mask that he has on when he's talking to the senator. Also, didn't know Nancy Pelosi had a cameo in this (laughs) film as the senator. Love her work. She should go back to acting. She's not an amazing speaker of the house, so she should really. Did she get her SAG card from that? (laughs) (laughs) I always wonder that when celebrities appear on Broadway or make cameos in films, celebrities that aren't actors, do they, are they just given special contracts or are they actually like put into the unions? Yeah. I Is Mel B a member of Actors Equity? Does she pay her dues? I just want to know if every stunt cast celebrity in Chicago is equity. Like, did is, is NeNe Leakes equity? I would hope so. I hope that NeNe Considering she also did Cinderella, I feel like there's a pretty good chance that she actually is. Oh, I forgot that she oh Yeah, because she did, I don't remember if she was the original. No, she was Ma- not the original. Mom. Because when, when Kiki joined, they cast, is it Sherry Sanders that they cast as the evil star? Sherry, Sherry Shepard. Sherry Shepard. Yes, 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 yes. I think. And I'm like, why not have mixed race families? Brandy did that. Oh, uh, that, so good. I watched I mean, also, also why, I don't know if they did that because Anne Harada was always, was always Charlotte in that. And they I, sure did not care. I love her. Me and I roommate recently rewatched rewatched Smash, and she's great in it. I love Anne Harada. She's so good. Um, do you have any more before we take our break and go on to our next segment? Um, do you have any other general notes about the film? Mm. I have one. I think which was, I like the FBI sign that says "Hurt, Agony, Pain, Love It." <laughs> I saw that. Just I saw another. That I was like, what? Like everything about every police system in this country is so toxic. Also, like the hurt, agony, pain. I was like, is this? Is this a performing? I was, I was like, is this a poster in a performing arts college? <laughs> <laughs> is this an B? Is this a BFA professor? I'm here to say that. FBI training is not as hard as theater performance training. I just wanted oh. to say that um, act, that uh, BA acting students are at more risk than FBI. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding for those for those people who are perhaps not. I'm not abolish the FBI. Just kidding. They're doing great work. Abolish theater. Uh, I want a LaCroix. Sorry, Amy's drinking a LaCroix. Now I want one. I just had my first LaCroix two weeks ago or so. I feel very um, stupid drinking them because on one hand, like, it's water. This is what I pay for water. Yeah. But also, but... I need to drink less soda. Yeah. And seltzer so good. I haven't been drinking alcohol the past month because I'm doing Whole30. I use air quotes because I've broken it several times. But yeah, I've just drank a lot of seltzer because I just need... Because my like go-to drink is either wine or white claws, so we just need something that, that has a bubbly, a, a, like bubbly feeling. Not a four loco. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've, a four loco doesn't have the hallucinogenic drugs that were originally in the four loco when it first came out. I don't want it. That's gross. Um, I'm trying. To, I'm looking at my notes to see if I have. Any- Let me grab my. Um, I have notes that I just didn't bring with me. Hold on, one second. Oh, okay. I just. I would like to. Um, some more of the like very feminist moments for the time that I that I like clocked during the film. Uh, when Clarice is trying to get into that like old old um, like that abandoned apartment when she first goes to look for. What's the name where uh, Hannibal Lecter's like, yeah, go to my old patient. Oh, um, the storage unit, Miss Moffat? Yeah. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And she gets in with the tire jack when she can't get in. I was like, oh, yes. Do you know that, like, feminists at the time were like... Yes. And when she handed the dude the card and said, if anything is to happen to me, sir, this is our um, agency here in Maryland. They know you're with me. <laughs> she's like so, here you go and then immediately cuts herself and was like well yeah when she finds the head. head in the is it a hearse i thought it was a hearse yeah or like some hatchback some nasty yeah. old car i'm gonna say it's a hearse just because the fact that it was covered with an american flag and it's a hearse i was like "Ooh, symbolism covid predicting the future <laughs> oh. john dems predicted the future oh we and l- bill gates Bill Gates, John Dems, and The Simpsons. We have to give it up. Um, I will say that one of my final thoughts before our break is that Memphis the Musical is the only good thing that's ever happened in Memphis. <laughs> Nothing. Is that where she was? There. Yeah, that's no, that's where Buffalo in, Bill is. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They really, I, they got her running all over. Yeah, I think, or they like send her to Memphis or something. Yeah, I honestly, when they do those little lower thirds of locations, I'm like, I don't have the time. It needs to be big right on the front, like right across the screen, across also, the screen or else I'll I'll you pay attention. Yeah, also I need you to keep it there for five minutes. Because I will keep forgetting. Because I'll be like, are they in Chicago right now? Or Memphis? I know. At least with Crazy Rich Asians, they give you a, a like a like upbeat song <laughs> um, in either Mandarin or Cantonese, depending on like where they want you to like think you are um and it's like just big that's all i want oh yes and one more this is like the last note i wrote and then i was like you know what? i remember this um remember when clary's after she first visits hannibal lecter and she like has that like she breaks down at her car and like thinks about her dad who is a police officer yeah and she's just crying but then it immediately just like cuts to her shooting i was like this is how we process trauma. <laughs> I was like, this is how we process trauma. And I, I thought the timing of that was very lovely. And I liked that. Um, I really enjoyed that you get to learn that that's, that's how this character processes the trauma by compartmentalizing it. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Like the writing for that character is just, it's inconsistent, like you said, but it is also good. And Jodie Foster just takes it. Jodie Foster pulls a Diana Akron, not to bring it back to Glee, but just elevates the bullshit she's given. And I really like it. Okay, we're going to take a quick little break and then we'll be next with, we'll be back with our next segment, famously called The Red Carpet. We'll see you all in a few. (laughs) 
So we're back. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed those amazing ads from our sponsors, Carol Burnett, Lucy Arnaz, and also Shirley McLean. So now we're going to start our segment called The Red Carpet. As you guys know, famously, I hate the name of this segment. I just cannot think of anything else because my brain don't work good. So if you guys can think of anything, please, please reach out and give me another name to call this segment because I like the segment, hate the name. Okay, first part of the segment, Amy. Review the movie in five words. Now this could be a five-word sentence or it could be five different adjectives or small little phrases. I can go first if you would like, or you can go first. It's up to you. Mm, I'll go. I'm just going to repeat what I said earlier, which is um, Tiger King of the 90s. Solid. I like that. Mine is where were the lambs, bitch? Where were (laughs) silence of the... It was like, Clarice, are the lambs? Have the lambs stopped screaming yet? And I was like, have they? I don't know. Also... Like, what was the point of that story? That story is stupid. I assumed she was lying because that story's dumb. And just what's the point? Nah, even though she's like soon to be, even though she, you know, skipped a grade in FBI Academy, I was like, she's still not smart enough. Like, she's very affected by this. I was like, she's really pouring her heart out to the serial killer. And I would not do that. I'd be like, hello, my name is Bethany. Um, I'm from Chicago. <laughs> I'm absolutely obsessed with lambs. Have never had a bad experience with lambs. I just feel like there's a better title. Also, the lambs just made me think of like Twilight. <laughs> oh, know, because they are vegetarian. The lion and the lamb. They're vampire vegetarian. Yeah. What a st- what a <coughs> what a masochistic sheep. <laughs> what is that line? I don't know. I used to have a hoodie that said, and then the lion fell in love with the lamb. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing and really poetic. Um, Our next part of the red carpet is, fuck, I even hate saying it. It's so stupid. I have to think of something better. I just think it's important to give the fans transparent, to my millions, on millions of listeners, to give them transparency, trans, to be transparent. There we go. To be transparent about how I starring hate- Jeffrey Tambor. Starring, oh god. <laughs> um, next, who do you think deserved better? Now, this can be a character, an actor, or a plot line. Really, a setting. I don't know. Um, but who do you in the film do you think deserved better? Uh, obviously. Clarissa's singular black friend. I'm doing air quotes. They were not friends. They were roommates. <laughs> they, they were... were... <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> they were roommates. I just watched like the ending um, of the of the film. Like I paused because I like fell asleep or something. Yeah. And I watched it. And when they're at graduation and her friend is just watching her in the audience and she just gives her a thumbs up and a smile. I was like, are you kidding me? That's more character development than she got in any other scene. Truly. This is the first emotion she's shown. Good job. Happy. She did that already, though. She had another good job, happy. Yes. She had a high five. Oh, God bless. Thank God. I need to know what her name is, because I can't just keep saying her black friend. It makes me feel icky. It's... I have no idea. Um, I... Let me see. Silence. fully committed to Adelaide. I don't know if this is, I, don't, I honestly feel like this is just going to be a waste of time. No, because now I need, because now I want to know. What is her name? 
she probably isn't even okay full cast oh it's our ardelia 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 it's ardelia 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 i think it's ardelia i think that's her. okay ardelia deserved better um also I, the lambs oh she di- oh my gosh she directed harriet Go off. Okay, Cassie Lemons. She said, I used my uh, my science of the Lambs royalties. <laughs> <laughs> to buy the rights to Harriet, to Harriet Tubman's, Tubman's life. <laughs> Bitch. Oh, gosh. I'm, her name's Adelaide. I don't care what Wikipedia says. Um, yeah, I agree. She deserved much. They could have actually given her something to do. Yeah, and the Lambs. Give give the Lambs their, their due. Yeah. For me, I'm going to say um, the entire trans community deserved better, but also the city of Memphis. <laughs> they both deserved better. I think once Memphis got the song Walking in Memphis, they were like, nothing can top this. We can only shit on Memphis. <laughs> when did the share version, what I consider the best version of that song come out? Did that redeem? Because if, if it came out after, then... That redeemed the city of Memphis. Other versions. Oh, Cher version. It came out 1995. Yes, Cher saw Silence of the Lambs and said, this won't stand. We can't have this. She said, I don't know the words. Um, All I know is walking in Memphis. Whoa. Oh, yeah, yes. (laughs) Uh, the background vocals on that song are great Glee should have done that I'm gonna shoot myself in, in the foot next time I mention Glee Okay our take next a shot pro- <laughs> Or um, take a sip of La Croix Take a sip um, Take a sip of La Croix every time someone mentions Glee um, Next we have The did we need that This is for any moment or plot line Or whatever where you said Did we need that Um <laughs> Okay, when they're talking about the profile of Buffalo Bill's Buffalo Bill's victim, and they're like, "He likes him thick, right?" <laughs> Remember that? I was, I was yeah. like, "Yes, it's important to know," but you could have just like stuck with the twelve, fourteen. They're like, "Yeah, what? Like a size twelve, 14? They're like, "Yeah, he likes he likes a bigger, a big." And I was like, "What the heck?" I don't know anything about women's sizes, but I feel like a fourteen very average. Yeah, I was about to say fourteen's not big. It's very average. Um, for me, for me, it's going to be when Clarice found Catherine down in the hole and Catherine and Clarice was like, hey, girl, do me a solid and shut the fuck up so he doesn't find us. And Catherine just responds with, no, don't leave me, you fucking bitch. I love that. She's like, no. She's like holding precious. <laughs> I hope to this God, poor dog. I hope to God Catherine kept precious after. When all. she well, when she walked out of the house holding precious, I was like, does she get to keep that dog? Yeah, did she just tell the officers, yeah, this is my dog? Because I would do that. Oh, same. Also, like Precious's leg broke. Like, <laughs> where's the EMT for precious? Yeah, for me it was Catherine being absolutely awful to the woman who's trying to save her i understand she's been through a bit but when the fbi agent who's trying to save you tells you to shut up maybe shut up he's like i'm just gonna walk she's like i just gotta leave the room for just one second i'm gonna be right back don't leave me you fucking bitch i was like oh my god i was like he gave you lotion i was like a little bit more grateful maybe buffalo bill 
should kill you because you're being kind of rude. And I was like, damn, even if you moisturize, you can still be a bitch. <laughs> Silence of the Lamb. The classic Silence of the Lambs went to prove that even people who moisturize can be fucking awful. Truly. Oh, I forgot to talk about my favorite line. It puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> my favorite line. The best. Buffalo Bill switches between like voices in a way that is... Indicative that maybe Buffalo Bill um, is an improv comic. <laughs> I was going to say has a personality disorder, but I like that more. <laughs> I was going to say maybe he doesn't even have... like. Maybe he isn't transgender or anything. He just has a split personality. But I definitely think he's an improv comic. You know he takes classes down at the local improv asylum in Memphis. The improv asylum in Memphis. Like, that's, that's some place that took over the UCB Chelsea Yeah, he reads, he reads the UCB handbook. <laughs> when he's not sewing women's skin or modeling yeah. for himself. That's why he gets really offended what, when Catherine doesn't want to put the lotion on her skin. He's like, you can't say no. He's like, it's yes, yes and. and. <laughs> yes and. Also when Clarice, when he's like, so have y'all like, you know, anything about like the hat or the set? And she's like, no. He's like, fuck. I didn't do that to do. <laughs> he's like, how can I recover from this? Uh, which just goes to show you people with UCB training, Bad serial killers. I okay. stand by that. Yeah. Um, our next is one of my favorites. It's an award. It's the I didn't know they were in this slash wait, who is that award? This award goes out to the Missy Piles of the world, the people who are always booked and blessed, always making money, but you see them in the movie and you go, Who is that? I know I've seen them before. You Google their name. You know their face. You still don't know what you've seen them before. So now you have to go to their Wikipedia page, scroll down, go to the filmography, and look through it. Look through 200 different credits and oh find gosh. them. Oh, gosh. I don't even I don't even know. Let's see. Let's see. Um, do you want me to give you mine? Yes. Mine is... Let me look up her name really quickly. But the actress who plays Catherine played a doctor on Grey's Anatomy. Um, Brooke Smith. She played... Dr. Erica Hahn on Grey's Anatomy. Who Erica Hahn was like the original. Erica Hahn was like a lesbian that was brought on, who dated Callie Torres, who then they wrote her off and replaced her with Arizona, who was essentially almost the exact same character. So that was mine. Excuse me. It was hard to find one though for a minute. Because for a minute, I was thinking maybe I don't have a winner for this one. I don't know if I have one, but I swear that I've seen the, um, I'm looking at the, the, uh, the, this, the one actor who is the bug guy. He looks familiar. I feel like I've seen him in something, but he does, but I don't think I've seen any of these movies on his, um, like in his filmography. You know who he looks like? He looks like the guy, one of the actors that's on the politician. I've never seen that either. Oh, so never mind. What about Mr. Lang? Let's see. I don't know any of these people. I know we just learned it, but I also think Casey, what's her name? Casey Lemons? Casey Lemons could be a recipient of this award. Yes. Have I seen it? Wait, she was, wait, she was in Candyman? 
Was she her friend in Candyman? Who did you play? Okay, so Casey Lemons, the director of Harriet, aka Ardelia, Ardella, Ardella? Adelaide. At, she was in Candyman, which I recently watched. I've um, never seen, but I will take your word for it. It's a it's on Netflix. I recommend. That took me forever to find that. But you know what? We stand her because she's doing good work. And she is the recipient of the award today. Um Next, we have the me moment. This is the moment where something happened or something was said and you went, <laughs> that's me. Um, when Clarice gets blood spat in her face. I was like, that's me at work. When? The guy, the guy who, who says that I can smell your, and then when she goes to leave, she like gets blood spit in her face. It, that's semen. That's semen? Yeah. Why did it look like blood? Because he's masturbating. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> still holds. I still stand by what I said. <laughs> um, for me, it's going to be when Hannibal calls Clarice a well-scrubbed whistling rube. <laughs> I said, that's me. Oh, also when um, when Catherine is trying to get Precious to, um, like, get Precious down in the hole with her, and Precious just runs away. Oh, and then she's like, come on, you dumb fuck. Yeah. Also, when she tries it, when she's trying to whistle, she's like. <gasps> yeah, when her lips are so dry. Yeah. <laughs> Me. She got a tongue. Yeah. Anyone can whistle. That's they didn't write that song for nothing, Catherine. Easy. Maybe if you had done a career in musical theater, you would not. Maybe you wouldn't be in this predicament. No, she would. No, she would absolutely. I would target her because of that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, next we have, um, you have two options. You can either plan a sequel, ignoring the fact that many sequels and prequels exist because I refuse to watch them. I just, I never will. I have no interest. And also Jodie Foster's not in them. So I don't care. Or you can write like a two to three line jingle for the film. All right, I want a spin-off, I want a spin-off starring our good pal, Adelaide. Um, I really, I want it to be like a, a Midnight Sun type deal where it's the same movie, but it's just from her perspective. Like <laughs> she's in that? none of the action, but she's like, just watching. Always <laughs> so, watching the news. Yeah. So it's like a lot of it's the same shot, but just farther away <laughs> because it's what she sees. <laughs> what is it called? Um, oh, wow. our deal, I can't stop screaming. <laughs> I can't stop screaming. No one's going to listen to me. Oh my gosh. The lambs haven't stopped screaming. Start colon the Ardelia story. <laughs> my lambs are silent. <laughs> not Ardelia. by choice. <laughs> not by choice. Simply by the fact that I was not given any. Um, I think I'm going to write a jingle. Hmm. Let me think. Um, Oh, Clarice, let the lamb speak. Oh, Clarice, the butcher's got to make some money. <laughs> That's my jingle. Oh, got to make some money. He's paying for your clothes, honey. Just go to sleep. Let the lamb speak. Ooh, go to sleep. In the morning, everything will be at peace. And that's my song. 
I like to imagine when he first started that, I was like, I want it to be to the tune of Fat Bottom Girls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're going to shut up the lambs tonight. (laughs) Buffalo Bills, you ripped the skin off lots of women. (laughs) (laughs) What is that Cher song? It's like, just like Jesse James. (laughs) It was just just like Buffy Bill. Buffy Bill. Oh, wow. And that brings us to our last part of the red carpet. Does it go in the vault? Which is to say, do we preserve this film? Is it representative enough of its stars, of its genre, of the times, whatnot, whichever, whatever you pick, does it go in the vault? Um, I'm, I'm going to give it a hesitant yes. Okay. Because I, I, I do think that, um, I do think it's a, uh, a very interesting film. It is one of my favorites, so this is why I wanted to talk about it. Um, I do think that it's important that we not gloss over um, all the really gross injustices that have happened um, to the trans community throughout um, the years, and specifically right now in media. Um, if anyone's listening and hasn't seen it, go watch. What is that doc? What is that documentary? Um, oh, disclosure. Yes. Disclosure. Fantastic. Um, I haven't seen it yet. It's fantastic. I'm watching the um, Jeffrey Epstein series right now, and I can't do Not. like more than one episode at a time. That's fair. That was me with R. Kelly. I still haven't seen the R. Kelly one. I can't. It's hard. Um, but even though I think that uh, obviously there's really, really gross misrepresentation happening um, in the trans community in that film, I do think that the writing is really fantastic and I do think it it is a great like horror thriller film and I love Jodie Foster how can you not love Jodie Foster just how can you not love what Emma Stone's mother Elastigirl <laughs> um I agree I also give it a very hesitant yes I think I would want it to be if we were gonna like preserve it in some special way kind of give maybe cut the credits and instead kind of put like a 30 minute, 30 minute, 45 minute, just conversation with some people much smarter than myself talking about the injustices of the film. But yeah, I think the acting, especially from Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins is out of this world. It's so good. The writing's great. I think it's a great representation of a thriller film without having to use gore or anything too graphic to get the horror across i think it's more effective that way i mean there's a dude who did he did he actually in her face or did he throw it did he spit it out like where did i'm still stuck on the the semen (laughs) he like flicks it off his hand And that's not graphic. That's not graphic enough for you. Clearly it wasn't graphic enough for me because I didn't know. I thought it was blood. And also why that reminds I mean, her blood. why that reminds her of her dad. Her dad? I did think that was gonna be a plot point. I'm glad it wasn't. I also thought she would have more like intrusive thoughts and memories about her dad throughout Yeah, the they day, stop but... after the funeral, really. Yeah, that's it. Like, Aside okay. from that. Sure. Um, artistic choice and the gross injustices done to the trans community in this film, I put it in the vault. 
Do you have any other final thoughts before we sign off for today? Mm. Uh, I don't, I think that uh, Buffalo Bill's expectation that all these women have moisturized backs is really uh, not a, not, not great because, you know, I can't reach part of my back to lotion it. No. And also these are working women. That woman's got a cat. That she's, which, this movie is against cats. At least two of the women that he kidnaps had cats. Oh my God. When she said, um, she was like, I'll be right back. And I was like, she's not, she's not. Ugh. It is an anti-cat film. This is dog propaganda. Why does Precious get to live? Oh gosh. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today. Do you have anything? I know we're living in the middle of a global pandemic and everything's on pause, but do you have anything to promote? Um, or Instagram, anything? I don't know. My Instagram is at Amy Bailey, uh, spelled A-M-Y-B-O-E-H-L-Y. It is spelled very strange. Um, but it is pronounced like B-A-I-L-E-Y. Um, sometimes I post some stuff on there. That's about it. Um, if you, if wow, you, what an you know. award-winning commercial. Emmy for best short form film. <laughs> Audiobook. Uh, watch Disclosure. Uh, yes, actually, that's how we're going to end this. Watch Disclosure. Um, great. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we will see you next week. Bye.